0: and welcome to the pre-snap motion podcast episode number 15 my name is chad scott with me as always my host rich rebar rich what's going on man
1: Chad, what is happening, brother? You know, uh, here we are in kind of in a topical setting here, uh, you know, about playing fantasy football during, um, amidst this pandemic and all the news that's been going on around us. And we actually had to delay our podcast recording because, I mean, you had something go down at work, you know, surrounding, you know, the, you know, the, the virus, which, you know, still exists. I mean, you know, still
0: exists, you know, contrary to there. some people's beliefs. It's out there. It's out there. It's alive and well. Yeah but uh, yeah, like, like Rich was saying, we want to record uh, on Monday, but I had something happen at work. Um, I'm fine, I'm healthy. Uh, everybody at my, at my work is healthy. It's a precautionary thing going on. but uh, we're with you tonight on a Tuesday um, with all this news coming out and we're gonna get to uh, to the news and and, and really this, this episode is gonna focus on what's been going on in the world in this COVID that's happening. But before we do that, I do want to mention, uh, to make sure that we, all of our listeners, um, anybody who's even not listening for that matter, uh, go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Make sure you're checking out uh, your boy, our boy, Warren Sharp's book. Um, I think right now it's, I think it's, the early bird's over, it's $29.99. It is 360 pages of amazingness um i picked up my copy uh i didn't get you know i've been seeing people on twitter with with the physical book in their hands and excited to read it i don't even have a physical book i was gonna say it looks so pretty and i'm just like that looks so good but then you know what i i open up my downloaded pdf and it looks just as good rich uh it's amazing work you guys really 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 just uh outdid yourselves um best book out there for football right now um, absolutely i wish yeah, i had a physical
1: copy too i don't even I have one guys listen guys I, I don't even have one
0: it's uh it's it's, it's I, I i did a sub, uh a kind of a subtle tweet with uh with evan silva i was like oh that, that's nice to have right there I, I wouldn't mind one of those not many of those books around but uh yeah, they're they're pretty amazing. The PDF is, is available for you to download, quick and easy, um, right to your phone or your, your computer, whatever you whatever you want to, to read it on. And it's uh, it's a beast. But make sure you're going to do that. Also, while you're there, uh, make sure that you're checking and checking out uh, the fantasy football content. Uh, still free right now. That's going to end soon. Like all of Rich's amazing work that he has uh, done this off season. Is going go to go bye bye to to the freebies, and it's going to be paid content. Um, and as, uh, like we talked about it last week, but Rich, you just did—you just got done working on something huge for the fantasy side. you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. It's almost—it actually is done. It's through editing, and all the pages yep. have been created, and the PDFs has been created. But I did a a full tiers write up, uh, kind of you know laying out all my player thoughts on individual players that you can kind of hope for, you know, kind of similar to what I did for Roto World, but just bigger because I had, you know, more space, you know, I'm not as limited. So when I used to do the tiers right up for the Roto World draft guide, I kind of just did that and cranked it up on steroids and have this available, you know, for everyone that's you know subscribing and that is going to be out basically, I think, within 24 hours of us recording this. So nice. that's when we kind of we're going to kind of switch over, uh, you know, the, the the content that was free will remain free and you can definitely check out some of those articles. Definitely oh, nice. sample. If you're still on the fence, you know, and you want to say, oh, I don't know what I'm getting here, uh, but you can check out. I did over hundred articles already this off season. That so, you can huh? check that, out. <laughs> that's
0: still going to be free.
1: That's all the stuff that we had for free is going to wow. remain free. We're not going to just wow. take what we did and, and, mm-hmm. and lock it, you know, behind the door. We want people to at least see what they're getting, you know, uh, out, out of the work I've done already. So, I mean. I am Man. creating though a, a draft guide, you know, over this next month that, you know, the subscribers will get as well. So it's, this next month, the content is going to be strictly focused on how I draft and how I'm approaching this season, especially amidst this, you know, pandemic. We're going to talk about some of the the ways we're attacking this, you know, fantasy football as well, but that draft guide is going to be all, you know, uh, subscriber content. So, I mean, that's going to basically happen. I'm thinking within 24 hours, maybe when this is even up and people are listening to it, it'll already be switched over. But uh, big things, you know, as we're trying to gear up towards with, you know, the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think with that, it's a perfect time to kind of get into this episode. Uh, You know, since basically 2020 started, uh, we have been in this dark cloud called coronavirus um you know it's been going on for months and months and months um and it doesn't seem like it's gotten better um but you know we're we as this podcast we are going to to um to move on and think that this season is going to happen um uh, for better or worse, uh, it's got to happen, and we we understand. You know, there's more important things to talk about in, in the world right now. Um, but this is, I know for me, uh, talking fantasy football is just uh, it's it's a perfect break from what's going on in the real world right now. Um, and so, with the NFL and the NFLPA coming to an agreement um, last week, they're going to. Uh, start camps uh they're gonna start the the first set of protocols with what's going on and and how they're gonna go about it um and i think what we want to talk about first is yay football's back that's that's always amazing right um but training camp's gonna look a whole lot different this year uh do you want to do you want to cover like what we're looking at uh from from for these least first couple weeks
1: yeah, this is definitely, I think everyone understands this is going to be a completely unique football season, and they all are already to begin with, but this one, especially, you know, amidst everything that's going on, and like you said, I mean, there are definitely more important things going on, you know, definitely, I, listen, I have three kids, I'm trying to figure out what what's going on with schools right now, let alone NFL coming back and playing, but, uh, you know, th- we're hoping to be an outlet, you know, that's what that, the goal of this podcast is, to inform and also be an outlet, you know, to, to people that are looking for, you know, a little bit of a... Uh, uh, diversion, you know, so that's what we're here for. But the NFL and, and the NFLPA came to an agreement. So over the next few weeks, the NFL schedule is basically like this. So this week is going to be all you know, COVID testing. You've already seen some players already placed on you know that COVID IR. uh You know, like there's some guys like Justin Jefferson and Keyshawn Vaughn, Some some early names. They're getting some buzz. Now those guys may not have even really tested positive. They may just be symptomatic and they might, uh, be able to come or off just been exposed days. to somebody right. that orbit. Right. Yeah. Or he had, had, had a, had a, had a tra- trace back to someone that had it. Um, but then, uh, during those days, I mean, players, you know, can't be in the facility until, uh, p- producing two negative tests, uh, that results are 72 hours apart. Uh, they can do virtual meetings, stuff like that. Then August 1st and 2nd, uh, you know that's just players getting physicals and equipment fittings like these guys are reporting but we're not doing anything yet this week you know we're not doing anything it's all testing equipment fitting just you know kind of you know some meetings and then that august 3rd to august 11th is what they're calling an acclimation period that's kind of where workouts are only going to be capped at 60 minutes in the weight room 60 minutes on field which is just conditioning work um and then two hours of strength and conditioning total uh, that 60 minutes and 60 minutes Uh, but with only 15 players in a group at a time you know they're doing that you know, the grouping kind of like players and pods before everyone gets together as Mm -hmm. one. Um, And then there'll be a ramp up period uh, from August 12th to 16th. Players are limited to a maximum of three and a half hours on the field per day. That period is the first time that helmets are allowed to be worn. So guys are going to wear helmets to August 2nd. It's you know, July 28th right now. Uh, The first practice uh, over that period will be a 90-minute session. Then 15 minutes will be added each day, uh, up to two hours per session. And the remaining time for each three-and-a-half-hour limit uh, will be conducted during a walkthrough. Um, And then you kind of get August 14th and 16th. We get, like, you know, helmets and pads, uh, non-contact still. Uh, August 14th and 16th, and a day off in between those. So August 15th, nothing. And then veterans and rookies will begin that, you know, the contact integration period is what they're calling it, where padded practices and hitting can start occurring on August 17th, uh, which is, you know, three weeks from now. And, you know, that's going to run until August 17th, to the beginning of the season, September 6th. Um, so that's kind of where we are. And, you know, during this time, players and coaches will be undergoing daily testing through the first two weeks of camp, uh, then testing frequency, is going to depend on, you know, the positivity rate. So, I mean, uh, kind of where we are right now, uh, in the, in a nutshell, where we're moving forward. So we lost rookie OTAs, we lost the regular initial training camp and we are now going to lose preseason games. We know that that's going to happen. Uh, so, I mean, what kind of things are, are we looking at with preseason being canceled and what's the first thing that jumps out to you with preseason being canceled?
0: Well, it's just the, uh, the familiarity with your team. And I mean, especially for receivers and quarterbacks, uh, you know, just getting that timing down, I think that's going to be a, a huge mm-hmm. issue. And then just uh, like what you see in the first couple, couple weeks of the season, usually um, mm-hmm. it takes, it takes a while for a defense to even gel. Um, so I think, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. see a lot, of, we're going to see a lot of, of uh, missed assignments. Uh, we're going to see, I think we're going to see probably a lot of scoring, um the first few weeks as people kind of get uh set into their defenses and and uh and where they're supposed to be yeah see i also
1: believe that too i mean a lot of talk has definitely been about offensive continuity And there are a a lot that goes in there. I value continuity anyway. It's coming to a regular fantasy season, you know, players not changing teams and, you know, players that are are, are keeping rapport up. And, you know, you think about a team like the Chiefs, basically the last year's Super Bowl champ. I mean, they were turning everybody. I know we know Duvernay Tardif is now backing out uh, because he's doing great work, you know, being a doctor himself, uh, let alone being a football player. But, I mean, the Chiefs are a team that, even for a Super Bowl team, they didn't get any coaches poached either which is very yeah. rare for a Super Bowl team. I mean, they're bringing back their whole staff, basically 20, 19, now 19 of 22 starters on their team. It's, I mean, it, definitely you believe that they're going to hit them running. But I'm like you. I actually believe, too, when people talk about continuity, we're not talking enough about the defensive impact and a lot of these defenses that are going to have to play catch-up now. I feel like teams that have veteran quarterback play are going to have an advantage because when you look at veteran quarterbacks, they don't play a lot in the preseason anyways. you know firsthand so I mean I feel like these teams that have veteran quarterbacks are going to be good uh, in a good place to start off as defenses kind of get acclimated I mean when I think about the NFL preseason though I think about kind of what we miss out on uh, from you know kind of a a tip off stance you know a personnel uh, you know what we're missing out at Uh, you know like last year you think about like Terry McLaurin in week one of the preseason only played one snap. They kind of tipped their hand that he was kind of being involved. Uh, you know, we kind of saw Daryl Henderson. He played the, the second most snaps of all Rams running backs last preseason while Malcolm Brown played none. We kind of immediately knew the pecking order that Brown was yeah. the actual RB2 there. And then Henderson played just two snaps week one when it was live. And Malcolm Brown got 21 snaps uh, playing secondary to Todd Gurley. You know, some of these teams with ambiguity, we, we lose that element of, of seeing those early cards shown. You know, who is in – three wide receiver sets for the Packers when they come out. Uh, does Damian Harris have a real shot in New England? Where is he getting his reps in the preseason? Who's lined up uh, for San Francisco with Debo Samuel out? Who are the guys getting first in line? Uh, who's the Buccaneers wide receiver three? You know, does Anthony McFarland get snaps over Benny Snell? Where is Antonio Gibson get, being used? Uh, we're losing out on a lot of those breadcrumbs that we typically see from personnel yeah. usage. Uh, you know, a guy like Adam Levitan always did a great job of tweeting out, this guy played so many snaps with the quarterback one. And, you know, kind of just getting yeah. those breadcrumbs that that's what we're losing out this that's where I think about the most of, of what we're missing out in the preseason not just being able to play preseason DFS knows but those season-long breadcrumbs because I remember throwing Terry McLaurin in some week one ter- DFS tournaments because he was the basically they tipped off he was the wide receiver one and I you know got the I got the hit right out of the gate on some teams and some nice lineups so missing yeah. out on those breadcrumbs is definitely a big deal where do you stand on well first of all yeah how do you typically handle rookies normally and then where do you stand on rookies in this climate this season because i have some takes on this one as well
0: right so uh probably like most people uh rookie running backs you know i think they're they they can hit the hit the, hit the ground running for the most part and i think that that'll be the case uh as long as they're active um you know if they if, if they have some draft capital i think um like you said it's going to be hard to really know what's going on. Uh, like even with, like you talked about Darrell Henderson, uh, Cam Akers, like we, we're not going to see, like, is he not being used in the preseason? So is he the guy to start the season? We don't know. Um, it, it could be uh, Darrell mm-hmm. Henderson. Um, and that's, what's going to be really fun to to try to figure out when we have zero data to work with when we hit week one. Um, but running backs, you know, I kind of, I'll treat those the same as I always do where, um, if they have good draft capital and I like them coming out of the draft and uh, I assume they're maybe in a starting position, uh, I am I'm, I'm fine with drafting them depending on ADP, um, receivers, receivers are probably the ones that, um, people are most worried about. And I totally get it. Um, cause I talked about it before, you know, the, the continuity with the quarterback timing is everything. Um, they're just not going to have that, that rapport right off the bat. Um, I'm typically I typically uh, avoid wide receiver, rookie wide receivers in redraft um, unless I have some late round darts um, to throw at them like a Jalen Rager. I'm totally fine with his ADP. CeeDee Lamb, totally fine with that for the most part. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I'm 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 usually um, a little hesitant. And then tight ends, rookie tight ends, I. You don't do anything. Oh, yeah. You. We're not. We're I mean, not you know, <laughs> this don't class have is bad back. anyway. This right, of right, of class right. right. <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't have to worry about those. Um, quarterback, I'm actually interested in, in Joe Burrow quite a bit. Um, I think given his ADP, I think he's he's somebody that you don't even really have to, to worry about as far as your draft board because you can get him whenever. Um, but I think he's going he's gonna to be somebody that, uh, whether he knows the offense or not, which I, I know he'll know the offense, but he's a guy that can obviously has that little Konami code in him that can that can take off and run. So, I mean, guys like Joe Burrow, I'm, I'm OK with drafting quarterback wise. Um, but yeah, it's really I'm it's really just uh, par for the course, I think, with me. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to really do anything out of the ordinary way. I wouldn't do before this, I don't think.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I settled on. Now, we talked about on the auction podcast. I'm actually in, inherently kind of uh, pessimistic on rookies to begin with. And I, right. like I said, I like to pursue those guys in auctions, especially when they're expensive. You know, Unless it's a guy like Saquon uh, that has like a clear role and is right. like this uber prospect, and you just know like this guy's going to be given the keys. We don't really have one of those guys this year. And, and it's, not the-
0: C-H. it's not C.E.H.
1: It's like, not C.E.H. No. I know, I know no. everybody loves
0: him. I know him. I know yeah, you know, we talked out. about it. Yeah, on that and that auction stuff.
1: So, I mean, I even laid out after the draft how kind of these running backs, you know, that have been taken picks two through fifty, have kind of had slower burns, anyways, even without a yeah. season like this, you know, uh, and especially running backs that have had competition. I had tweeted a graph out, you know, uh, a table that had that showed that as well. You know, even guys that we were really high on, guys like you know Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, and were really high prospects that were taken in the same area bucket where these all these running backs went. You know, thirty-two through forty-two. Um, And that they were kind of slower burn anyway. So I'm looking for those guys to kind of, you know, be eased in and then really get ramped up. Wide receivers, I figure it's going to be kind of par for the course. Like you said, I mean, historically, wide receivers are better second half rookies than they are front half rookies anyways. You know, you think about last year, I mean, we did have, you know, McLaurin and, and, and Marquise Brown start early. Uh, but, you know, all if you look at you know, Debo Samuel, Darius Slate, uh, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, uh, McCann, all those guys were really good in the second half season, much better in the second half. And then you had guys like Hunter Renfro and Stephen Sims already uh, carve out some roles too later in the year. But uh, I feel like it's definitely oscillated too far towards – fade all rookies. I don't think that that's the play either Uh, because if you look at even last year preseason I know that there was rookie camps and there's there's some differences but you look at last year like we talked about Terry McLaurin only played 18 snaps last year in the preseason. Josh Jacobs only played six snaps in the preseason. Miles Sanders only played 17 snaps last preseason. Marquise Brown ran 12 routes. A.J. Brown ran just 14 routes. D.K. Metcalf just 13 routes. I mean these guys weren't getting a lot of burn anyways and really what that I think that that shows when because they weren't getting burn significant burn last preseason, even through all this is that they had shown the coaches enough on the practice field in the time of the coaches that the coaches were already impressed with their development. So they didn't have to give them a bunch of preseason work. The staff already felt that they didn't need to. And that yep. kind of bore out the, with the rookie seasons, those guys had. And I mean, some of those guys took a lot longer to get going, but uh, that's where I feel too. I feel like it's definitely gone too far. So if the room wants to give me some discount on rookies because they want to play and, and, and you know, definitely value veterans, um, I will take some of the discount on some of these guys now. Even some of the guys that I, you know, like I said, I'm inherently a little more cautious on. If they're going to fall below ADP, then I'll start, you know, start nibbling there. And then I was already kind of into, like, you hit on Regor, I think Ruggs and Brandon Ayuk uh, and CD Lamb. Like, those guys I'm fine missing on where they go in yeah. drafts. You know, that wide receiver 40-plus range – all those guys have low odds to hit. So, I mean, I don't mind missing on a guy on some upside anyways. But I definitely, you know, like I said, you, you, I think the way we handle this in totality, even aside from rookies, is you prepare for the worst, but you still need to be pragmatic um, on where we are if things go wrong. What if because of this situation surrounding COVID and NFL rosters that rookies actually have to play more than ever before? I mean, you have to kind of run the gambit of, of all the possibilities. Like I said, just be really pragmatic about the approach here and not really teeter off to one side because none of us really know like, how this is going to play out with guys missing games and who misses games. Um, so I don't feel like there's just completely fading all rookies and avoiding rookies is completely the answer as well. Uh, because like I said, these, just, there could be a range of outcomes where these guys actually have to play more than ever before too as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that is a really good point. Um, and thinking about, you know, we haven't really talked about this, so I think maybe this would be a good time for it. Um, but you mentioned it, people, uh, players currently opting out right now. Um, mm-hmm. There haven't been a whole, there have not been a whole lot of fantasy relevant players to have opt out quite yet. We saw basically half the new England Patriots opt out today, um, except for uh, Sony Michelle. Um, but Devin Funches is really the only maybe fantasy uh worthy person so far, I guess like you could say that has opted out. So I mean, thinking about the people who opt out, rookies likely won't opt out. Is that a plus in your in your book? And and do you kind of feel the same? Like they're probably the least to opt out at least during the season. So maybe that gives them a little more uh little more leeway in your drafts?
1: potentially i mean i just don't know like you know like said, what kind of players are what we're going to see i mean i would think that this first wave actually would be the biggest of cuz this is when guys actually have to report these few days here yeah. so if you're not even going to show up and you're going to opt out like i feel like a lot of guys that at least that are showing up are going to give this a shot and maybe there'll be some disgruntlement over how the testing is going and they just don't feel like it's up to par to the standards that they're looking for. But I do feel like these first few days we're going to basically kind of have our hands tipped on the amount of people that are opting out. And then I think it'll be a slower burn of people just pulling out after Mm -hmm. they show up. Does that make sense? Like, I think if these guys are showing up, uh, the only way that they're going to pull back out is if things go off the rails, uh, which we're hoping doesn't happen. Um, right. And you know, we've seen you know you know baseball's run into some problems, but even with the Marlins scare. And I think definitely contingent on definitely how the Phillies come out of that Marlins situation as well. You know, if the Phillies players all have clean testing after that, you know, I think that that is kind of a sigh of relief for Major League Baseball. Sure. But we've seen they're, they're still playing games after this as well. So there's definitely a, some – there's just, a, like I said, we don't really know. It's going to be kind of trial by air here for a lot of these guys. I do feel like if the people are – if the, these players are showing up on day one, day two – that they're they in. To. They're they're in here. They're yeah, in here, and they're not really going to pull out. So I mean, just I think these first few days, you keep an eye on who's who's coming out uh, to camp, uh, and, and then if there's no big names or the guys, that's kind of how we base it on. If these guys are actually showing up right out of the blocks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the biggest thing that that we um, fantasy dorks, I guess, need to uh, really need to worry about is. Um, and, and really, the NFL players themselves is making sure their players are safe. Um, I don't think anybody wants to go into the season without a, 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 a solid plan in place where it's not going to be perfect, um, but something where both players and fans feel like this is this is safe. Let's go along and do this. Um, and I, and I don't think the NFL would do that unless they have, um, unless they, they can do something to get this in place. So, um, like I said, I mean, we're here. We're, we're basically here. We're, we're starting the season, man, and and we're a go. So, that's the right. good news. So now the it's one, just making sure the, the players are safe.
1: The so one other interesting too thing I want to bring up is that uh, you know uh, uh, fantasy points as a as a doctor and staff Edwin Porras, I hope I'm hopefully I'm saying his last name correctly but he yeah. kind of talked about how in 2011 that did you know that that missed you know kind of training camp period and and t- players didn't get to spend time with their doctors that actually conditioning based injuries were were high that year they, they they had shot up and uh I, I don't have the tweet to pull up but uh, definitely go check out his I timeline because that. Yeah, that will I be something it. to kind of keep an eye on this season through this like we'll will on top of you know a lot of people are concerned about the the COVID you know causing people missed times but uh there this also could be heightened by you know the hammies the the, the quads and you know things like that uh the conditioning based injuries that we might see at the start of the season so definitely keep your eye on that as well it's definitely going to add another
0: you know, another unfortunate wrinkle. wrinkle to the season, yeah. season. I mean,
1: they're not positive wrinkles, but, uh, we're, we're <laughs> right. going to deal with them.
0: Right. But the wrinkles, um, and so with that said, like, are you, I mean, with that tweet and with that data that came of that, cause I know exactly which tweet, tweet you're talking about or set of tweets. Um, you know, we we already know like some of the a lot of the history is with soft tissue injuries and and who has them and who's more susceptible maybe or not. Are you, are you likely to avoid those players more this year? Do you feel like?
1: It all just depends on you know cost. I try I try to my best remain you know injury agnostic. You know I'm not a doctor, and a lot of the times in the NFL, you know we've been doing this for years. I mean, you're injury prone to or not. You yep. know yep. I mean you, it's just the way it works. It's it's a it's a it's a brutal game. Guys get hurt, and sometimes the injuries stack, and then sometimes, you know, guys have runs where they don't. I mean, look at, I mean, I remember Keenan Allen being people with no one would draft Keenan Allen. Yeah. And everyone was out. And then this guy has missed a game. You know, Travis Kelsey had microfracture surgery and hasn't missed a game since his rookie year. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, so I, 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 I don't know enough. Yeah, Frank Gore. <laughs> remember remember the Frank, Frank Gore? Gore yeah. Myth? yeah. I don't know how many of our listeners, you know, were playing football when Frank Gore started his career. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was, yeah. Yes, yeah, very, very, very similar spot. So, I mean, I understand like why a guy like Will Fuller is priced where he is. But because no, was, Will Fuller is priced in that range, I think that I he's say. still worth taking a bite on. You know, if Will Fuller was wide receiver twenty, I might feel differently. But if he's, he's wide receiver, right now, right. he's wide receiver thirty-five. When you're talking about the um, how many guys hit at that rate, and, and you know the risk in guys busting. It's kind of already priced in. So, I mean, you know, I'm looking for, you know, I want guys that have that upside and ceilings at that point because ceilings start to really teeter off the further you get into a draft. So, you know, like I said, I might feel differently about Will Fuller if he was really expensive. I mean, I've even started to come away. I wrote that Targets article Last week, I talked about, you know, the importance of you know, where guys get their targets on the field. You know, I had, a week before I'd kind of talked about how I was avoiding AJ Green. And now I'm starting to kind of walk back on that thinking about his cost and you know, some of the negatives there. Uh, because if he's able to sustain where he was getting his targets from. Uh, he could be a guy that doesn't have to play a full season and still kind of hit value at that wide receiver, 29, 30 spot. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to cost and what you're paying with guys. Cause I'm still not trying to act like I can predict anyone's injuries, even exactly. with knowing that injuries could be up this year. I still don't know who is going to get hurt. So, I mean, I right. don't like playing that game. It's really tough. Uh, and then the guys that are expensive aren't really there anyways. I mean, maybe Odell is in that area. He might be the most expensive guy that's kind of hasn't really been healthy since 2016, I know he played 16 games last year, but we already saw that the documentation of how injured he was sure. uh, playing through it. So, I mean, it's just hard, man. And like you said, you, even the guys that get hurt, you, these guys might play 16 games or what they're going to play through. We just don't know. So, I don't really like to go down. It's a bridge too far for me. Um, it's, there's definitely maybe some guys that know a lot more than me fact of that And I will say this, though. Anyone that is hurt coming into the season, I typically don't draft anyways. Yep. I do know that being hurt in the preseason and in the off season is a, is a big indicator that you will get rehurt during season. So I don't try to be optimistic about it player that are already hurt. I try to talk myself in that. Well, this guy could be back by week six. Yeah. He could be back week five. So, oh, I, we see, I, so I mean, th- that injury optimism Hill has really sunk a lot of people <laughs> in the past. I, so if a guy is hurt or one of these guys has one of these injuries, you know, that we were talking about these conditioning based injuries, if someone pulls a hammy, uh, you know in the next two weeks or does something like that might be something that is a red flag for me then come my final drafts the off season so that 's kind of where i 'm handling it right now
0: so <laughs> you know it 's funny uh, with this season being completely probably different than any other season that we'll have it really i mean it sounds like you and I are approaching drafts as if like this isn 't happening because really nothing is changing in our dra- in our heads it feels like.
1: Well, it's tough. I mean, I think I've naturally someone that as I've played has started to be like less risk averse outside of like the first few rounds in a snake draft and played for more upside anyway. So if this season's going to have more of a tournament-based feel uh, to it anyways and we're kind of shooting from the hip and figuring this out as we go, I still want to target as many players that have high ceilings. I mean, it's just the way, I mean, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, I also, like I said, I just don't know. I don't want to, I don't really have a hard stance in either direction. Like I said, I'm trying to be pragmatic throughout the process um, and really just trying to keep kind of a foot in both, in both sandboxes, you know, we're both batter boxes and trying to, you know, figure this out as, as we go along Uh, because a lot of people are acting like we can't analyze fantasy football and maybe from a draft stance, you know, we're not going to know like this, this we're going to be divorced at setting the mark this year than years past. We don't know if that's true or not, but when we still get in season that weekly calibration process is still going to be, uh, like, we've, like we're always in, in season. Like right. we're going to have the information, you know, barring, you know, someone is, you know, test positive on a Sunday morning and we, you know, chaos ensues. But I think by and large, we're still going to have that calibration period be as is, you know, a, as we That's... are, like, and adjusting during the week. I think that element of it is, ex- is still going to exist. And we're going to be able to analyze the game on a weekly basis, which was always my strength anyways. I feel right. as an analyst, as I do better in season than I do anyways because I focus on all these you know, micro tendencies and all these other things that matter instead of d- these bulk season stats. I, I care more about what's going on in the now than this guy's going to have 1,400 yards. Well, what does 1,400 yards over a stretch of season mean? It means something different for every player that's 1,400 yards, and it means something different for your fantasy team. Uh, so, I mean, I still think that weekly calibration period is going to exist for us in season.
0: Sure. I think this year really the, the, the biggest difference will be like um, – you're not gonna be able to like set your lineups on Saturday night and be and be good with it. You're really going to have to you make, make plans. sure Yeah, I mean you're just you're gonna have to wake up maybe a little earlier to make sure your player maybe is in or out, uh and 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 uh and make do. So like with like with that rich, um a lot of Twitter, a lot of a lot of Twitter commissioners, um, a lot of the best ones that you know we've we've been in leagues with are starting to uh come up with, with basically rules and, and guidelines on what they're going to do with this COVID season. So because this is such a unique year and a unique, a unique season, what is something leagues do think, or what, what do you think leagues should implement that will make this, uh, make this season a little more enjoyable and a lot, a lot less, maybe hair pulling as the, as the season goes on for, for, for the other owners.
1: There's a lot of avenues and we can talk about them uh, as we go, like one by one, if you want. But I mean, it all just depends on league size, what you're playing for, you know, what people are comfortable putting in. Um, but I mean, so like, let's just say everyone's okay playing, you know, kind of as a as a starting point. Yep. I mean, obviously I think that we want to expand, you know, injured reserve. I think that's kind of a given right now is that you want to have as many open spots or just have as many open COVID IR spots. Maybe you keep your injury IR spots the same, but you, have COVID IR spots just in case, like I said, prepare for the worst, you know, have, have that, have that kind of built in as a contingency. Uh, you yeah. know, so I guess that, I mean, having those unlimited IR spots, I think that you're probably on board with that and like really no pushback. I'm assuming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but like, let's talk about a couple of things. Like, so what do you think about either doing shorter shorter starting lineups than a typical year where we would want more flexes or how do you feel about shortening the amount of requisite, players you have to play each position or making those open flex spots so instead of having to play two running backs maybe there's one running back spot instead of three wide receiver spots maybe there's two wide receiver spots and those other spots become flexes so you're not just tied into the limitations your roster may accrue based on the season so instead of saying well i got screwed i had three running backs I only have one i don't even have another starter i've got to either play the waiver but now maybe you know if it's just open spots and you only have to start one running back, you know, you have options and you can use your, 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 your roster to better capabilities. Uh, sure. so that's something you're open to. Uh,
0: I think I'm definitely open to it. I think, but also, I mean, I think as the season goes on, I mean, you're, you're it's going to happen to you and, and, and it's going to happen against the person you're playing against. Um, right. You know, we're all going to have the same rosters. We're all going to have to start the same people. Or the same spots, um, it's going to affect us one week or another, um, likely. Uh, so, I mean, I, I know I see I've seen people kind of do these. Well, let's do this this year. I'm all for. I'm open to what you're saying, but I'm just I'm I'm basically on board. I I'm on on the side of keeping the league. Of everyone you have. Like it. And I mean, we're all gonna have to deal with it at some point. Um, yeah, it could screw you one week, could screw you a couple more weeks, um, but it's gonna do the same to your opponent, uh, your opponents.
1: All right, excellent. Yeah, so I would say too, another role with the limit IR is if you is to run daily waivers instead of have first-come, first-serve, I think that that's going to be big this year, or could is potentially, yeah. like I said, prepare for the worst. You don't want to be in the league where, like, the, the, some big news breaks and a guy wins just because he's the guy that's on the computer. He yeah. was the guy on his phone or on his computer. So yeah. I definitely would encourage, if you have a first-come, first-serve waiver period, you can have that maybe if it runs after daily waivers. But I would encourage daily waivers for sure Damn. this year. I didn't, you're not, you know, I didn't you, think about that. Even if you're, even if you never have done it, uh, I definitely would encourage that. just so you eliminate that process of the one guy that's always on his phone, or like you're just being in the right place, right time, uh, and, and you know you're able to pick up that, that running back that wasn't picked up, or you know you know what I mean. Uh,
0: just- no, i I think that's a I think that's a great idea because I used to be that guy that would you know I'd I'd pretty much always be on my phone or at least have my phone near me, and I would get those notifications pretty much right away. This year, I mean, as a nurse, I'm just, I'm not going to be. And maybe that's selfish of me to say like, yeah, I kind of want to go the other way. But um, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, this have never had the opportunity to really be by their phones. Um, And this, I mean, it really just makes sense if you think about it. You set a waiver time for, I don't know, 10 p.m., whatever it is, Mm -hmm. because news doesn't break till or after what, 7 p.m. my time, I would say 7 p.m. uh, Pacific Standard. So any time after that. I think that would be. Um, that, I think that's a great idea. I didn't even thought about that, um, and I'm gonna definitely introduce that to uh, to the few leagues that I do commission. So I think that's that's a great idea.
1: So I guess the, the last thing or, you know, maybe there's some more things. I mean, we can kick it. I mean, you could definitely do, like, team kicker uh, instead of, you know, having to worry about, you know, kicker transactions and stuff <laughs> like that. I definitely would encourage people as well. Now, I already do this in my home league, so it's not just me, like, trying to push off something that I do and say it's a great idea. But because of, you know, the threat of maybe there's an abbreviated season or an abbreviated week, my league has always taken a portion of the pot and allocated weekly prizes to the two highest yep, scores of we the week. we do that too. Yep. So, I mean, I think that that's great if your league doesn't do that. You, you carve out a certain portion of the pot. Uh, and they go to the weekly prizes. Ours ours does twenty dollars for high score per week and ten dollars for the second high score, um, and that's just weekly. You get that every week, and so I mean that that gives some people you know some incentive. That also is a great rule. We have that rule because it keeps people that fall out of contention interested. <laughs> that's
0: exactly why we put it in.
1: Yeah, because it keeps season, people that yeah. that guy that's zero and four has a reason to still set his lineup or you yep. know not just just keep punting lineups and ruin the league for the rest of the people. He can yep. still win money um so I definitely would encourage weekly prizes as well if you can I mean granted I mean not every not everyone's playing for you know hundreds of dollars and doing stuff like that but I mean if you have the option to do that I I think that that's a great rule that can kind of um
0: if the season does get abbreviated
1: yeah Yeah, Yeah. well it's also too if the season is abbreviated uh you know there's still some some winnings to be distributed um how what are we doing with the abbreviated season I mean I kind of don't have great answers for this because It's because because of the when and where. I mean, do we have season-long checkpoints? Do we have, like, if we make it to week four, that counts to a certain amount of the pot. Like, week eight, like, the playoffs. uh, I don't have a great answer for an abbreviated season. I don't really have a great plan. I really haven't seen a lot out there either. Um, So, I mean, is there anything that's kicking around your mind on it?
0: No, so – I've 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 kind of seen a few things out there, um, but I I really think it's going to be league specific. It's going to be something your league has to vote on, and I I don't think it's something the commissioner himself can 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 figure out. As long as there's money involved, um, it's something mm-hmm. that the commissioner and if 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 you're not the commissioner and and I think the best thing to do is is get a hold of your commissioner and say, look, we got to figure this out. Uh, if there is an abbreviated season what are we going to do because there's x amount of dollars in play here and we all think you know everybody should be on the same page when they head into the season of, of what where the money is going to go and how it's going to be distributed if, if something happens yeah absolutely
1: what about uh dynasty league implications how are you handling uh if there's an abbreviated season uh 2021 rookie picks how would we do the rookie draft
0: Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I'll probably do whatever Ryan McDowell does, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great answer. Yeah. I mean, that's whenever when I, whenever in doubt, I always just kind of do what, what Ryan would do.
1: <laughs> and, and, and any of the abbreviated season stuff, I feel like, you know, that that stuff will – people hopefully will have solutions when that comes up because we're not, you know, hoping that happens. Like I said, we're, we want to prepare for the worst, so you have some stuff written in your bylaws for it. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people, if it comes to that, will have solutions too when that time comes as well.
0: Uh, what have you heard that. of any, have you heard of any decent ideas out there as far as that would go?
1: Not really. Uh, you know, I've seen a couple that like I said, the uh, like maybe like I said, season long checkpoints where like the, a certain of the pot becomes like in like so if, like the season were to end after week four, it may be just half the pot and it goes to the guy that's the point leader. And then the rest goes as in everyone's ante the next following season. I mean, it's all kind of, you know, you know, half measures. I don't know if like anyone really wanted, I guess the rest of the refund you would just give it, it wouldn't be a big deal, but right. you'd have to give everyone to agree on it firsthand. Like I said, something you kick around and talk about before the draft. And I think, like you said, it's going to be just very league to league and what everyone's comfortable with.
0: So um, what I've, what I've kind of kicked around with, um, and I thought about this the other day is what I would do. Um, most of my, a couple of my dynasty, my home league ones that I run, I mean, they've been, going for about seven seven years, six years. Um, and so basically what I was thinking about doing is kind of doing a lottery system based on where they finished every single season. And you would get points for whatever you finished one through 12. If you were the last place team, you'd get 12 points. Um, and anyway, all those balls would get, as, as it were, a lottery. Um, you'd have X amount of balls in there. So I would just pick out of that for the 101, 102, et cetera. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. I thought about that one myself. That wasn't even a Ryan McDowell special.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can also do too. I mean, instead of weekly, just high scores too, We can do you can do dollar amounts based on victory points. Yep. Uh, you know, those are those are great. I mean, the victory point system. I know my fantasy league makes that available. I know also CBS has that available. If you still play on CBS, they have like the all play record. Uh, you can do stuff like that um, to get creative too, as well. Uh, you know, definitely, especially because it's only four weeks. Sometimes that all play record is is matters. Uh, you know.
0: Yeah, it does. So you can do there, something centered around right? the all
1: play as well. Uh, so there's a lot of you know avenues to go. So I mean, I think that kind of covers at least where we are from this initial stance and we will definitely, you know, pick up news as we go, and we'll know a lot more now that camps are opening. You know, it actually is here, and they're going to try to make this happen. Uh, I know that we keep flip-flopping back in pessimism and optimism, but they are – they did open the camps. The players are reporting, so the plan still is to have this and and make this happen. So that's kind of where we are right now. We'll see. I mean, as far as some other, like, just top-down things, I think – Based on this season, I think it's a, it's even more incentive to not go after the onesie positions early. And um, I think I would take a discount if someone gave me Kittle or Kelsey or even Patrick Holmes or Lamar Jackson a discount. But I think it does make going after the onesie positions a little more fragile than they typically are, and there is inherent opportunity cost and fragility to taking those anyways. But I do think that there is added fragility to going with those guys early. Uh, as as well you know the because you're going to be lean you're you're leaning on that that one player from one position
0: right
1: um i think that that's yeah that that's kind of where i'm at still and uh listen the handcuffing rules still apply too it doesn't matter that we're in the season like you still want to have other people's handcuffs not your own it's there's <laughs> right. still more incentive than having other people's i know a lot of people are getting on the handcuff train but those the same principles of, of not handcuffing still applies and i mean in, in handcuffs typically don't hit anyways, like pure hand, handcuffs to like top, running backs to the top of drafts. And I have an article coming out on this tomorrow on running back ADP for subscribers talking about how chasing high end handcuffs has been like a really fruitless endeavor for fantasy. But uh, yeah, I'm still not really going, at I'm going after other people's handcuffs still. I still want to own other people's backup running backs and not my own. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> I'm on the,
0: same page with you. I I used to be team handcuff, but uh, I've I have seen the light. So I'm
1: well, I've to, seen it start sick of circle around. Like, well, maybe this year we will handcuff, but you know, maybe really? one exception. Yeah. But I still want to own other people's handcuffs because I said I still like if it, even if this season takes on more of a tournament based feel, like I want to be I want to have upside. Man. I want to try to maximize my roster still. Because, well, I was and, those, say, and you want yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you want
0: to have that depth to to be able to pick from if if your guy's out. I mean, it's it's likely not going to be you're you're likely gonna be sitting on that guy for too many weeks where you could use the other guys in lineups for sure yeah absolutely um but quick question so my home league um my home redraft league we do um every time you make a transaction um it's a dollar Mm -hmm. you put you put a dollar towards the towards the pot and then whoever is the regular season winner gets whatever that pot is Um, this season, is, we always do, like, five free ones, and then anything after that, you put a dollar in for every transaction. Um, I've been in leagues where they stack, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, like, so, like, is the, this the year to not maybe do that? I mean, how are we handling that?
1: I think that that's league-based. You just ask what people are comfortable putting into the pot this year because, um, you know, you might not – this league – this year could be a ton of transactions. We don't yeah.
0: know
1: yeah. Um, kind of what you're getting at. I used to be in a league that, like I said, where the, the first – Five moves were all five dollars, and then every move after that was an added five dollars. So the sixth mm. move was ten, the seventh move was fifteen, the my eighth God. move was twenty, uh, and it was crazy. So like people would get really like, well, I don't know if we'll pick a guy up or not, and do stuff like yeah. that. Um, it's not much. favorite. Which is kind of cool, now, so but yeah. it's kind of <laughs> it's a,
0: it's a, it's interesting. Well, when but you're trying you to pick up a guy at... in
1: week 16 for sixty dollars, yeah, <laughs> like, it's you're like, like oh, oh, what am I doing right now? This is not. <laughs> like, I'm gonna what?
0: lose. I'm gonna lose money in this league. So I'm trying to
1: play Tim Hightower this week or Denard Robinson. <laughs> I remember oh, picking God. up. I remember in a league like this, I picked up Denard Robinson for like fifty dollars. He was awful. I remember oh, like, my just God. Being like oh, it didn't turn out
0: well. I'm assuming. No, 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 yeah. no, no,
1: no. Um, yeah. But I, I think it just it's gonna be case by case, and you just ask people what they're comfortable putting in the pot, and you you do that league based. I mean, all of my home leagues are also transaction based to the pot as well to, to stir up extra activity yeah. and, and winnings. Um, but you know you have to you have to kind of talk that out with your league mates. Uh, because this could be a year, like I said, you, you want like I said always prepare for the worst. Uh, and then you can adjust. And if anything is more promising, ends up being more promising, at least you prepare for the worst and you can work yeah. from there. Exactly. Uh, so definitely built in those contingencies. Do that stuff firsthand. Don't talk about it in week nine.
0: Right, 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 right. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, like you said, I mean, this is the time for commissioners. And if you are, I mean, if you're just a big um, advocate for your league is to get a hold of your commissioner to have these talks because now is the time because the season is coming. I mean, it's, we're almost, we're almost a month away basically from, from the first game we're getting there. So um, do it, make sure you're doing that. Uh, so that is our, that's our COVID episode. We, uh, we survived it. That's good. We, you know, we should wait till episode 19 to do this one. Oh no, man. That's two just on just the nose. For the fun, it's 24 episodes left. I know that'd be too, it'd be too creepy, but, uh, two on the nose, uh, yeah, two on the nose. Uh, we were talking about doing this episode, you know, for weeks and weeks, uh, probably for months really. Uh, Oh yeah. Since we, well, it's <laughs> since something we that every, it's
1: something we were going to have to address and, we really wanted to wait till at least camps were going to open and yeah. it was more of a reality to dig in and, you know, approaching drafts. I mean, to do this show in June would have been
0: something we, we would have been doing it over again right now. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. That was, we might do it. it all
1: over again. You know, I was going to say,
0: <laughs> I was going to say in a month, we might be doing the same thing. You never know that it's, it's going to be an interesting season. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay on our toes and, and we hope you do as well. Um, thank you all for listening. Please, 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 uh, the, the, the reviews, the ratings, um, the, uh, the comments are, or the reviews are, are coming in like like wildfire over on iTunes. We love that, we need that. It really helps to show out uh, more than you know. So please, please, please go ahead and do that. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're, you're going to the, to the website, uh, sharpfootballanalysis.com, picking up the book, getting your fantasy football subscription uh, so you are ready for this season uh rich do you have anything else to add before we get on out of here i
1: guess i could say because it's the theme of the show if there is worry and pessimism we do have all of our stuff on the uh the site that talks about you know our our cancellations and everything you're not going to get boned at any subscription i I promise you on that uh there'll be rollovers and and refund opportunities you can check that out i won't you know get that word for word but that is already all up and you can check that out on the site as well if you need to check that out but other than that, I mean we covered a lot of ground here, I believe, on you know, some of the initial thoughts on how people can start preparing for the league from a drafting stance and you know preparing their league from a commissioner stance.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, like you said, we'll we maybe we'll talk, talk about this again in a month. Hopefully not, but uh, that's it for the show today. Rich, good luck in your pros versus Joe's draft that you got going in about 30 minutes. Uh, For me, I'm at Chad Scott. Chad underscore Scott 13 on Twitter, and he is at Lord Reeves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Later.